Welcome to the Fleet Success Show, a podcast dedicated to talking about the fundamentals, standards, and best practices that empower today's fleets to achieve fleet success. Let's get into the show. All right. Welcome back for another episode of the Fleet Success Show. Uh, joining me today, this is a very special episode. Uh, I've got uh, myself in the room with me. I've got Steve Saltzgiver. Great to be here in the Valley of the Sun. Right. Welcome back. Uh, and today we're talking a little bit about core values, and we have uh, two guests with us today. Uh, first, we've got Ed Smith from Agile Fleet. Uh, who, Ed, why don't you take a little bit and uh, introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure thing. And uh, uh, Ed Smith, the president of Agile Fleet. Uh, we basically are a company that develops a fleet management information system. The company was formed about 20 years ago. And uh, relative to the context of this uh, podcast, um, we're about two years into an effort where we're really focused on core values um, and really excited to share that information with you. And uh, the person that helped us uh, get our core values uh, put in place and uh, helped us really maximize the value from them is George Hodges Fulton. George, uh, I guess we can have you give a Absolutely. little bio there. Yep. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks, team. Uh, so I'm George Hodges Fulton, and I am a certified Pinnacle business guide, as, as well as actually being a certified exit planner, uh, helping my organizations and teams get more of what they want from their business. Uh, and what I do is actually implement business operating systems and ultimately, you know, gaining traction, helping teams identify their vision, um, and really sort of helping to eliminate the common frustrations within the businesses increasing accountability, productivity, and frankly, bringing the joy back of running your business. Awesome. Well, I'm really glad you guys are here. This is, uh, you know, we were on LinkedIn quite a bit, and I started seeing these posts come through from Agile about, you know, these core values that they've adopted. And I started reading about it, and it sounded like this was a fairly recent development. Um, one of the things that, that we're really big on with Fleet Success is this pillar of intentional culture right, about creating the type of culture that we want to work in. And so, George, I love that you're talking about, you know, bringing the joy back to business and, and bringing the joy back to the business owners. One of the things that we're trying to do with fleet success is, and why intentional culture is a part of this is bringing joy back to fleet managers and taking some of the lessons that we get to learn as business owners and, um, and learners and lessons like EOS and this, you know, this uh, business operating system that George talked about and applying that to the world of fleet where not a lot of people are, are doing that right now. Uh, you know, fleet kind of gets neglected when it comes to training, when it comes to leadership management uh, and getting some of those skill sets that uh, we kind of take for granted in the business sense. So I am, I am just excited that you guys are here because this is kind of this uh, real world approach of how do we take our business lessons, apply it to the world of fleet uh, and, and Ed, so I'm going to start off with this. You know, I'm really curious about this journey that you've been on. Last year, it sounds like you guys kind of defined your core values and set up, you know, what uh, what it meant for you guys. And it sounds like you adopted a little bit of the EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Like what made you decide that, you know, we needed to get some core values in place and, and why did you pick the five that you picked? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, and um, I'll let George fill in the gaps where I, I missed them. But um, for those that aren't aware, the company is about 20 years old, um, and I founded the company. When we started, there was you know two or three people, and then there was five, and we were all very like-minded. We all were you know, kind of headed for the same thing, and we all liked to drink the same kind of beer at the time, right? 
And then when there was a dozen employees, it was, uh, you know, that, hey, that person's not really in the same clique. They're a little bit different than us. They're coming at this from a different angle. And, um, you know, when we added uh, more and more people, uh, we found that we weren't all exactly alike. We weren't on the same sheet of music um, and with regards to core values. So we went and hi we hired um, a consultant, kind of a management consultant um, that came in and, um, you know, kind of analyzed the company and came up with all the common things you might think they would say, hey, you need to communicate more often. You need to all be aligned in the same goals. Um, but really, it was that was the message they gave us, but they didn't give us any of those tools. And um, so we we rode that way in a little uh, for a year or two, and we brought another consultant and said, uh, you know, I think we are aligned, and I think we are, um, you know, kind of all headed in the same direction, but something doesn't feel right. Um, you know, we complain about each other sometimes, and we uh, sometimes we hire people that just don't fit in with the group. Um, and so even the second consultant uh, we brought in uh, several, many, many years ago, um, didn't have the tools. Again, alignment, uh, you know, talk to each other more, things like that. Um, but we knew we needed to do something different. We needed to all um, be operating on the same core values. And um, so that's when we um, we searched around. And uh, it's an interesting story. I might digress just a little bit about how we found George. Um, George is, uh, you know, implements these types of things. But my son at the time was uh, in between, you know, the summer during college, and he went to work at a friend of mine's warehouse. And he said, you wouldn't believe this. When they interviewed me, they kept talking about core values. And then on the walls of the warehouse, they talk about, they have core values posted on their big posters. And they fired a guy today because he didn't represent our core values. And they, they give us <laughs> rewards for uh, demonstrating their core values. And I'm like, and, and the guy that runs this warehouse is a friend of mine, one of the bigger knuckleheads I know in life. Um, but he actually uh, completely embraced the core values and the whole concept of between behind this business operating system. So I, I asked him one day, hey, uh, where'd you learn about core values? And he told me about the whole idea of um, entrepreneur operating system. And at the time, uh, George was uh, kind of backing that, and George came to us and and talked to us about core values. So um, it was interesting to see it. You know, if you could implement core values and have such a success in this just big warehouse where you're bringing in college kids and uh, you know people that might not be real business savvy, and see how well it worked, um, it, it was really quite impressive. So I'm like, I, I want to get on that bandwagon, and that's what started us uh, down on formalizing our core values. It's kind of awesome when you have a moment like that, right? Like it yeah. just clicks and you can feel it almost like, oh, wow, this is what I've been missing, right? And like you just, you recognize it. And then I'm glad you guys were able to see it, take action on it. Exactly. So George, you know, like I think like this is a good segue to bring you in is tell us a little bit, of it, you know, you Ed brings you in. Uh, maybe give us a little primer on EOS, you know, like a, like a short version of it. Because obviously I know you could probably spend a lot of time trying to implement it and go into all the nuances of it. Uh, give us a little primer on EOS, what it is. I'm not a practitioner of EOS myself, so I'm not familiar. Uh, and I know a lot of our listeners probably want to learn about what this is as well and how it might apply to their fleets. Sure. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for the opportunity. So uh, EOS is, is the entrepreneurial operating system. And whether it's EOS or Vern Harnish's scaling up or, you know, some of some of the listeners probably heard of the great game of business, the, the four disciplines of execution. You know, there, there's lots of business operating systems out there. Um, and regardless of which one's right for your organization, because they all have little nuances, at the end of the day, a business operating system is really just designed to harmonize all of the human energy 
within your business, right? You know, as we like to say, we all need to be rowing in the same direction. Um, you know, we need to identify, well, what is the vision, right? Like, as I like to say to my clients, okay, what's the North Star? What's the Southern Cross? You know, where are we going? And then how are we going to get there, right? So, you know, that, that how we're going to get there is bringing that vision down to the ground and really sort of executing on discipline and accountability, um, and I think, as, as Ed said, you know, there's multiple consultants out there. There's multiple people who are able and willing to help, you know, businesses, but they don't have what I call like the stickiness, right? They might have one or two tools, but they have no way to make it sticky in your business. And that's what a really good business operating system does is, you know, between using things like core values and, you know, annual goals and quarterly rocks, it really sort of drives this discipline and accountability, um, you know, throughout the whole organization. And as, as Ed, I'm sure can expand, you know, once we identify in this particular case, core values, right, which are just the guiding principles for our organization, right, it just defines the behavior of our organization. Once we have that at the leadership team, we need to push that down throughout the whole organization. And you need a coach or an implementer who can really teach you how to do that. And, you know, it's, it's not helpful to the organization just to, have it at the leadership team level, you know, again, we need to push it down throughout the whole organization. Um, so, you know, in that particular case, what I like to say, right, is education without implementation is, is just entertainment, right? So I really pride myself as a coach to say, hey, once we know this at the leadership team level, if we don't push it down to the next level of the organization, frankly, I haven't done my job. And I definitely uh, felt that, right? Like, because we've gone through and done that, you know, we've, we've gotten really cohesive at the leadership level, but then we recognize, oh, you know, some of our, our teams beneath the team haven't quite implemented this yet. And so that's kind of like that next step. Uh, you definitely have to start at the top, but if you let it just stop there, then you're missing out on the whole advantage of it. Um, I like to, you talked about, there's a lot of authors out there and anybody who's listened to the podcast know I'm a huge reader. There's a lot of authors out there who bring in little nuggets uh, and same thing for consultants is they bring in the little nuggets and they'll do two or three things like you mentioned. But I think what you bring to the table and what systems like EOS or like Patrick Lencioni talked about in the advantage uh, or Vern Harnish with scaling up is about making it cohesive, um, bringing all of it together. And then how does it all fit together and how do you roll that out through the rest of the organization? So I love that you're kind of hitting on that and that, uh, you know, it's, it's all these things working together. It's not, you know, one off and, You've got the flute playing this over here, and Ed talked about playing from the same sheet of music is that everybody's marching together, and they're all bringing their own flavor to it. Um, I'm just going to say I've had the opportunity, you know, to work for a couple of places where I've actually had everybody in harmony, you know, and uh, for a CEO or a boss, it gets kind of boring when you're like that, but because everything seems to work, and but that's exactly what you're after, you know, is uh, you know, is get everybody working and on that same sheet of music and uh, I love that Josh is doing this here because we're really, um, we're really, for me, I'm at the kind of the tail end of my career and it's really a good opportunity for me to see this practice in action. Yeah. It's, so, Ed, think, yes. Go ahead, George. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I think Steve, you know, what you're hitting on is, is what I like to say is, you know, is that the, the system sets you free, right? That if we actually get everything running efficiently, everybody knows what sheet of music we on, the left hand knows what the right hand is doing, is that it enables and frees up all of this other energy that, you know, for the last 10 years in a business or whatever period of time, have been heroically running around putting out fires. 
And now all of a sudden we actually can sort of, you know, point it in the same direction. So, you know, it's, it's really, a, you know, a, an important thing, as you said, Steve, it just kind of calms the business, right? It really sort of allows us then to focus on the more important things, the strategic ideas that, you know, frankly, most of the time we're so busy dealing with the tactical day to day, we never get the opportunity to really sort of maximize and leverage in our businesses. Right. You know, what's really interesting about that is, you know, if you talk to a lot of fleet managers, they're running around with their hair on fire. I mean, that that is that is their culture, you know, and they could really, this is an opportunity for them to really embrace these values and these changes and, and try and get their organization to that that next level. Steve, kind of a, a really funny story, to, just very recent. We uh, hired a fleet manager that retired from a government fleet. Um, he started about three weeks ago, and I talked to him last week. I say, how's it going? He's like, I'm kind of blown away. I'm like, why? He's like, well, uh, back in my, in my uh, past life, we'd have these meetings every week to talk about issues. And then, and now I get an agenda, I get a meeting invite to come talk about issues at my new company, and I was expecting the same old, same old. He said, night and day. In my old job, we used to have meetings to talk about issues. And the main objective was to figure out whose fault was it that something went wrong. <laughs> he said, and at this business, we talk about issues too. We prioritize our issues. And you had people volunteering to say, I'll tackle that. Or what do you think about if we do this? He said, it couldn't have been any different. And that's all a function of these core values, initiative, uh, everybody looking to help everybody else succeed. And uh, it was, it was kind of interesting to frame it that way because uh, of the environment he had just walked out of three weeks earlier. Yeah, I know we get a lot of people that have come in. They're like, oh, just blown away. We'll have a meeting and we'll make a decision in the meeting. And they're like, I'm not used to this. <laughs> Normally we have a meeting about a meeting or we'll have a meeting and we'll talk about something right. and then never make any progress on it. And I think that's the whole benefit of implementing something like this is that you stop wasting time and like you get energized because you're actually doing stuff. You know, you're right. making a difference. So, uh, Ed, I want to hear about your core value journey, at least, you know, like what are the five that you picked? Uh, and it doesn't have to be five everybody, you know, for everybody listening. Yeah. Ed just happened to pick five. We picked three. Uh, but like what are the five you picked and how did you get there? Okay. So um, first, the five that we picked, we ended up on strong partnerships, initiative, approachability, integrity, and flexibility. And we've got uh, you know, little subtitles that kind of define those a little bit more. And then we also have what we call anti-values. I don't have those all written down in front of me, but who, who we're not, right? And the way we came up with those five, um, George led it. So, you know, sometimes you say, well, the CEO is going to ram these core values down your throat and tell you what they are. Uh, it couldn't have been any different. And having an implementer really took the stress off of me. So I wasn't worried about facilitating the meeting or reining everybody in. That's what the implementer did for us. It was great. And the way we did it was, it was pretty cool. Basically, he said, all right, everybody, we have a leadership team that was comprised of five people. And he said, I want you to um, think of three people who you, if you could clone them, uh, would come in here and just really transform this whole environment. You want you want more people just like the, the, that person. So make a list of those three people. And I encourage them to be people in the business, but, uh, you know, in our company, but they could be peers or other people that, you know, that uh, you think would make a big difference. So we all identified these three people. And then he said, okay, write down all the adjectives that describe why you picked them, right? What, what's the character traits that you had about those people? And so between five people picking three uh, 
uh, individuals of uh, that they kind of wanted to clone, we probably came up with a list of between 75 and 100 you know, character traits that we said, this is exactly why we like these people, right? And so then uh, what George helped us facilitate was, okay, well, trustworthy and honest, those are kind of the same thing. Let's merge those together. And can we all agree that, you know, they're good at hockey is not a, you know, one that we need to include in our core values. So we basically just went through an exercise of saying, um, you know, uh, once we kind of got it down to probably 20, um, we said, okay, well, let's, we just kept uh, narrowing, narrowing that focus. And we got it down to uh, probably about seven. I think the goal was three to seven, George, if I remember was kind of your guidance. Um, and we put those on paper, we define them, and then we let them sit for probably two months. And we said, let's go pick those up in two months and see if that's still what we think is the most important thing for this company. And we did actually tweak a little bit more, but um, it was a really interesting exercise to just um, reflect on, you know, why do you like working with Steve or why do you like working with Josh, right? It's, 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 you know, not, not because they're great looking, honestly, obviously. So uh, it, there must be something else that, 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 draws, that draws you to these guys, right? And so when you capture all those and you really um, think through it, it helped us come up with the core values. And then um, and then also uh, when we had that discussion, uh, you know, we didn't want to have someone that uh, in our environment, for example, that we had the second guess or, you know, we didn't feel comfortable giving them a master key to the building, right? So we wanted, you know, our anti-value was, you know, that we didn't, we didn't want to have anybody working here that we didn't trust. So um, that was kind of interesting as well that we had both our core values and we um, kind of captured those anti-values. But uh, the core values have come a long way. Um, George, anything to add? I think the the process was just awesome for us. Um, I don't know how 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 well our journey went relative to what you normally see, but it worked very well for us. No, I, I think you described it very well. You know, as you mentioned, you know, I, as, as we're sort of teaching this and coaching this, we say, you know, three to seven, right? Less is more. It's all really about sort of intentionality. Um, and that's what I, you know, Josh, I love, you know, this sort of intentional culture that the whole podcast is about is it's about being intentional, right? You know, we, we need to be strategic. And part of being a great strategic leader is actually saying no more often than you say yes. So when we go through these exercises, as Ed described it, you know, you do really go through this sort of keep, kill, combine type exercise. You know, hey, those are similar. Those kind of sound alike. Let's combine that together. Hey, that's not really a core value or a behavior, a trait, attribute, that sort of thing. Let, let's kind of kill that one. Hey, we definitely need to keep that one. Um, and then, as Ed said, you really do need to, you know, kind of ruminate on it. You do really need to let it sit and marinate for a little while. Um, because it, it is a, it is a journey. It's, it's a process that, you know, they shouldn't be developed, you know, sort of overnight or discovered really. Cause what we really walked them through was a discovery exercise. It's not like we just sort of sat down and created aspirational core values. Um, you know, we, we actually sort of discovered, Hey, what is the right type of person? And in essence, we really built sort of five avatars, if you will, you know, five ideal people and those, you know, show up in the core values. It, um, you know, if, if, if you'll just allow me to describe it that way. So, well, and I love that you talked about the difference here between, you know, we talk about difference between accidental and intentional, but you just brought in aspirational. And I think there's a huge difference between those two. Why is it that you don't want core values to be aspirational versus something you already are? Right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a great question. And, and there are, you know, Patrick Lencioni uses that Venn diagram of those three types. And, you know, specifically for aspirational, 
Um, you know, it's, it's not what you want to become. It's really who you already are. And it's, it's really discovering, you know, what is the culture, the behavior, what is the personality, the identity of, you know, really is about the entrepreneur, the owner, the leadership team within this organization. It's, it's not everybody. We're not looking for lowest common denominator. You know, we're not getting the whole organization involved in developing these core values. Um, you know, it's, it's who we are at the core and then once we have those, we need to, you know, roll them out and communicate them to the rest of the team. And you may actually find that you have some current team members that don't quite fit those core values. And, you know, you, you really do need to have some uh, open, honest conversations, you know, with, with them and the leadership team, if, if, you, if you happen to find that. And in that case, because yeah, we went through that journey, right? And we had that situation where all of a sudden, okay, well, this was the standard we were setting for ourselves and we firmly believe in it. but recognizing we just set a bar that some of our current team members aren't going to clear. Uh, you know, how did you guys go through that at agile? And, you know, I can share how we went through that a little bit with our, with our team. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we've probably all been involved with mission statements or you know, vision statements and things like that. And you put them on your website and you're done, right? That was the exercise. Uh, my wife comes home and tells me, she's like, you know, we have a, a core value that we're going to all collaborate with each other and help each other succeed. But, you know, nobody will even talk to each other, right? So, um, so I think there's some skepticism that um, these were aspirational and we're not, we weren't going to stand behind them. Um, and I think the second that they saw that we we were for real, so we we have this saying, and this uh, this flowed from George was that what we accept is what we expect, and and I'll tell you what I mean by that. We have a, a one of our largest customers we've had for probably 15 years. Um, habitually pays us late, doesn't get a contract in place. You know they've they've taken six to eight months to put a contract in place, um, and that absolutely is the antithesis of being a strong partner with us, right? And so they were late again last year, and we went to them and we said, "Oh, oh you're late." Uh, when do you think you're going to have that contract and uh, you know be, be focusing on paying for the services that we've provided? And they said, basically, go pound sand. You know, we'll pay you when we pay you. We'll get the contract when we pay you, when we're when we're ready. And uh, so we shared our core values with them. We sent them an email saying, you know, just to just to you know, bring you up to date here. You know, these are the uh, core values that we have, and uh, we uh, we come to work today. You know, every single day. Uh, and we live by these core values, uh, the number one of which is strong partners, right? Strong partnerships. And they responded with, go pound sand. And so um, <laughs> and so we basically said, um, you know, respectfully, we are not going to renew this contract with you that we've had for you know, 10, 15 years. And they said, you have to. And we said, actually, we don't. You know, if we um, accept that behavior from you, um, it sends a message to everybody in my company that these core values are just something that we wrote down and we don't live by. And the company was like, holy crap. <laughs> From the top down, they believe in these core values and they really are. That's who we are, right? And nobody in our company, think of the accounting department that spends their day. They come in Monday and call up the customer and say, are you going to pay us today? Are you going to pay us the next day? You know, that's not why they come to work. They got better things to do. And so then when, when they knew we had their back and we said, look, core values, we told you we we're going to live by these. We're not renewing their contract. All of a sudden they're like, oh, <laughs> this is legit. Right. And they completely bought into it. So when they, you just saw, kept seeing examples like that around the company, 
of us either interacting with each other or interacting with clients and saying, no, we, we can't accept that behavior. That's not, uh, you know, the fact that you let that thing lie there and didn't step up and resolve it your own, that's not initiative, right? We really expect more of you and, and you need to step up there. So I think when everybody, um, A, you know, each of the department heads kind of pushes this down through the meeting cadence that we have um, every single week. Uh, every time we got together as a group uh, and with all hands meetings, for example, we would start with our core values just and we typically recognize at least one you know, team member you know, at all hands meeting say, hey, I just wanted to call out Helen you know, for going above and beyond, really stepped up initiatives. She's exactly what our core values are all about. And when people start seeing there's rewards for our core values and that we uh, are not going to work with people don't exhibit our core values, it's, it seems very, very real. And all of a sudden it's ingrained in us and uh, we all have each other's back and we all believe in the core values. It's a, it's a really neat journey we've been on. That's an awesome example. You know, sometimes you don't really think about your core values going external like that. Yeah, to your clients. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's truly, that that is an excellent, awesome message. What we did, Steve, along those same lines is um, we had a, a company, uh, since we didn't, uh, normally we get together uh, or we do something for our um, uh, our clients around the holiday times. And this year with COVID, everybody wasn't in the office. We normally all get together and actually hand sign cards to a couple hundred people and our, our customers really love it. This year, we didn't have that opportunity because of COVID. So we had a virtual town hall. And at that town hall, what we did was we kind of held off to the end and said, we're going to announce the winners of our core value awards. And um, so basically for each of our core values, uh, we uh, recognized uh, in, the, in each of the uh, core values, we recognized, I think, uh, two or three uh, people. And then we announced who the winner was. And those winners consisted of not only our employees, um, but also our customers. So, you know. Iowa State wins the, you know, uh, approachability award. You know, they are always willing to, you know, step up and do anything we want uh, and be a partner with us to, um, you know, help educate the fleet community, right? And so, again, it's internal and external, I think, the core values. You can't, you can't, you know, draw a line and say, nah, they're, they only work inside these doors. Um, but it's, I love um, it. it's very valuable. That was awesome. It is. I know we've gone through and, you know, like we hand out challenge coins and things like that that have Humma Hungry Smart written on them. Those are our three core values. Um, you know, we expand on them. Like you, you've done a really good job. I noticed you have your core value and then you explain what it means. This is how it lives out, you know. So this is what we expect when we see it in behavior. Uh, we've kind of done that same thing with Humble Hungry Smart. We got that from Patrick Lencioni, the Ideal Team Player is a book he wrote. Uh, and then we tweaked it. We said, okay, well, you know, this is how we, this is our flavor of what humble, hungry and smart looks like. Um, you know, and I, and I love like we have, you know, where you've got team members calling each other out and saying, Hey, you know, Jacob was just absolutely hungry and he went out he found something, he killed it, brought it back to the cave. And uh, it's, so it's really cool when you start seeing your team adopting stuff like that. So it's gotta be a pretty yep. cool feeling for yep. you. It's great. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, a, a good point, Josh, started to jump in here, but you know, regardless of what your core values are and you know, the, the words that you use, you know, um, you know, you'll see integrity, accountability, approachability, you know, humble, hungry, smart, whatever the words are, um, you know, as, as you just mentioned, you know, your industry, any business, regardless of size, um, you know, can use words like that. 
but when you when you take it down to the next level and you customize it for your unique organization and you really sort of define hey what are these behaviors you know when we talk about hungry hungry humble smart here at RTA what does that really mean how do you demonstrate those behaviors um, you know that's really what's impactful right it's it's kind of the why behind it um, you know the, the the what I always tell my my uh, clients when I'm working with them is is you know we need two we need we need somebody to tell us the 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 color commentary you know when we're watching a football game and we need somebody who tells us the stats right and that's kind of the difference between those two so it's it's really important you know two companies could have the exact same core values from the words but you know how they're demonstrated what the behaviors are are really unique for each organization yeah i think that's it's really clear that you get that click down because it's got to manifest and they have to know when you're holding them accountable to core values like we talk about fire, hire, and lead to the vision, right? And so when we hire people, these are the behaviors we're looking for. They have to know what the standard is that they're being held to. Um, you know, if we're having those hard conversations, you know, I, I don't like to fire people. I like to inspire them to leave. You know, like that's the, the kind of method that I try to go with is I really do want people to understand, you know, it's not about termination or like, oh, no, you're out. Uh, it's more, like, hey, this is okay. And my team will tell you. Every all hands meeting, I'm almost like, I harp on this all the time. If this isn't you, if this isn't your place, like you deserve so much better than to suffer through working at a place that doesn't align with your personal beliefs. Um, and I will help you on your journey to find a place that does match. Uh, because what happens if you're misaligned and you don't align with the core values of a company, you're not only miserable, you're probably making other people miserable too. Um, and life's just too short. Like I just have way too much respect for the fragility of life, I guess, uh, to think that you have to suffer through wherever you're working. Uh, but so I'm all about helping people on their way. Uh, we've talked about, like I do my 20%, you know, when you come to work for me 60 days later, if I'm going to give you an offer 20%, you can walk away right now. No questions asked, uh, you know, 20% of your annual account. The idea being is that, you know, if you're just here for a job or you made a mistake and picked the wrong company, you have an out, you know, like here's your little chance to walk away from it. And like, I am dead serious about you have to be all in and willing to turn down. You know, some people it's a 10, $20,000 check. So you've got to be willing to turn that down in order to stay here. Yeah. Um, that whole, that whole idea of hiring and the, the role that the core values play here. I, I remember when George said, uh, you know, he kind of said, Hey, when we're going to come up with these, you're going to use them to hire people, to reward people, to fire people. And I'm like, yeah, right. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, we've hired four people in the last two months, all four of them. Uh, when I sat down and had my intro meeting with them said, the reason they came here is because of the core values. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. So it's in our job descriptions. Uh, it's on our website. I had a, uh, there's a, a Colonel from the U uh, S army that's retiring October one. He contacted me about the probably three, four months ago and said, um, I know of your company. I just read your uh, webpage. I read your core values. The reason I'm contacting you is because of your core values. They completely align, uh, with, you know, everything that I am. And so, uh, you know, for four out of four of the last people saying the reason they came here is a core value, it was uh, kind of the opposite of the environments they were coming from. That speaks a lot to the value, you know, how, how important it is to have those core values. And uh, George, you're, you were absolutely right. <laughs> when you, when the people know coming in the door that this is the, this is the gate that you have to pass through is this core value gate. Uh, you're going to get the right people coming to join you. And there are people that are not approachable, right? 
and they're going to say, oh, man, <laughs> I'm going to have to be happy and talkative and, and forthright and, and go out and you know, get out of my comfort zone. That's nah, I'm not up for that. So they don't they don't come through the door. Um, so it's it's it's, so really it's also like it creates this magnet effect where yeah. it attracts the right people and it repels all others. Correct. And yeah. it makes the hiring process so much more enjoyable, I think. Well, I mean, that's exactly why I'm here at RTA is its core values. And it's, I'm fascinated every time we go through executive interviews and we ask these people about the core values. I mean, a lot of the people that apply see our core values and want to come here. Yeah. Right. You know, we're pretty creative. Josh is really creative on how he puts our job descriptions out. And I think that really attracts people like the magnet you're talking about. Yeah. And then it repels the opposite, right? Exactly. Like, you know, yep. like that we don't want. It's it's a great way. It's almost like a sales pitch in reverse is that you really are trying to qualify candidates before they come through the door. Um, and it really helps on that sales process, you know, on the recruiting process to make sure you're getting the right people on the bus. So. Yeah, Josh, I, I and I love what you're saying where, you know, after 60 days, you almost encourage them uh, to some level, almost entice them to leave because, you know, what I what I coach my teams is is to say, look, as part of this, you know, on, you know, hiring, you know, sort of interviewing process is to say, look, these are our core values. And my commitment to you is that I'm going to surround you with people with these same core values. And if these core values do not resonate with you, then please don't take this job. You are going to be uncomfortable here. You ultimately are going to leave, which means you're going to be looking for a new job. We're going to be rehiring. And if that's the case, I know a lot of people here in our metropolitan area. Let me help you find a job. I have a lot of friends who are business owners. If these core values don't resonate with you, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that you're not going to fit here. Let me help you find a job. And you know, people are blown away when, when we sort of offer that to them, but it also sends the message you know, once we allow you to, you know, join our team, you, you need to make sure you're a team member because that's our expectation. And we were very clear up front what those expectations are. Yeah, we're chuckling over here because that's uh, that's exactly how we phrase it. You know, and it's it's important. Yeah. Like it's just so important. This is the most important thing you'll do with anybody in their career. They're giving you so much of their time and energy. Like you owe it to your people to surround them with good people. So I. I love that we could talk for another hour on this. We are, you know, we're coming up on time. So I, I want to thank you guys again. I, you know, we'll probably have you back for a different episode. We might awesome. get a little bit more into the EOS and the business operating system side of things. Uh, but, you know, Ed, I love the journey you're on. You know, having gone through it myself just recently, it felt really fresh. And so uh, I'd love to having somebody to commiserate and co-celebrate with really. Uh, on the uh, the core value journey. And so, uh, George, thanks for being with us. Ed, thanks for being with us. Any last thoughts from uh, either, all three of you? You know, I, I think, you know, one of the, my last thoughts is uh, we're starting to create a strong partnership with Agile. You yeah. know, so we're kind of on that journey and I, I look forward to it. Yeah. And, and I think our core values do align. It makes the conversations easier, um, you know, uh, just because of the relationships we've got and we know what type of a company you guys are. Uh, we don't have all the formality that we might normally have with another company that uh, we don't feel the same way about. So you can see it affecting and making it just easier to communicate, right? And it makes a more positive relationship together. So good stuff. 
Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I love that the fact that the, the two organizations are working together. We sort of call them cooperators, right? You know, in the sense that, I mean, there's so much business out there. The last thing you guys need to be doing is, is sort of worried about what piece of the pie you own and actually work together to grow the pie and, um, you know, to get more of the pie from some of your true competitors and people who are damaging, you know, the marketplace and not fulfilling the brand that, that the both of you bring to the, to the table and the opportunities. So it's great stuff from my end. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining us for another episode. As always, you can go follow us where uh, any podcasts are at, at the Fleet Success Show. Uh, and if you have any questions that you want to hear answered or comments on today's episode, you can email podcast at rtafleet.com. Uh, if you want to get any information from Ed or from George, you know, send, uh, send the request over to podcast at rtafleet.com. Uh, we'll get you in touch with them as well. Uh, two awesome individuals that I'm, uh, I'm grateful to have met and, uh, and known in my life. So. Thank you guys all for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Fleet Success Show. If you liked our show, we'd appreciate your five-star review. Be sure to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and come hang out with us anywhere on social media at Fleet Success. See you next time.